and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Uh, another lovely, lovely Sunday here. Kind of getting more into the fall weather here with the Beer Geeks and WILK. And uh, this week we were taking a look at another great, you know, I guess legend brand in the craft beer industry with Anchor Brewing Company. Uh, we were going to be joined by brewmaster Mark Carpenter, but Mark uh, got called out of the country. I'm not going to say anything happened, but he got called out of the country. Yeah, like or fled, a, I don't know. Like a secret <laughs> service agent. We're not allowed to know what he's doing. He just got called out. He's got duty. Yeah, it would have been nice to be able to talk. I mean, that, he's been there since the 70s. I mean, you talk about someone who has really been through all of this and seeing the rise of this come and, and just the, the trends that have come about. It'd be interesting talk, but instead we'll be handling the talk and talking about some good beer. So uh, before all that, though, let's dive into a little bit of beer news. Now, the one thing that was all over the airwaves and everything this week is, is as far as business as well, outside of the craft beer industry, is uh, AB InBev's looking at buying out SAB Miller which would create a $270 billion behemoth of a company. Uh, they're, they're still kind of in the early stages, basically kind of fiddling around, trying to explore financing to, to buy them. But, I mean, it'd be uh, interesting, I guess. And it's kind of getting to one of those things where you're looking at it like the, the snake swallowing its own tail. I thought you wanted to say uh, Well, <laughs> the, the thing that I, I don't, you know, I mean... Sure, they could go ahead and do it, but yeah. are the regulatory bodies going to allow them to do it? I, that'd be an interesting thing just to see, um, because technically there are still others. It's not one. I mean, it's a very large corporation, but I don't think that they would really run into anything because there's a lot of differentiation. It's not. I mean, and then you have craft beer a part of it too, so you can kind of diversify the portfolio of that industry. I. I think they can probably get away. I mean, it's going to be a massive, massive company, but I don't think it's going to be anything, you know, like the, the trains or oil companies of years gone by or anything like that. So it's a weird combination, actually, if you think about it, because you're talking about uh, Sab Miller versus Miller Coors. So you're talking about two entities. Basically, they're trying to get their international market. They're probably trying to mm-hmm. go for, what is it, Africa and uh, Asia markets yeah. with their beers. But then you also have United States, you know, Miller Coors brand. So Budweiser will technically own part of a company that's battling in the United States. It should be an interesting little uh, omelet of uh, craptasticness. <laughs> <laughs> Very well summarized. <laughs> well, now, speaking of everything with Budweiser, they, they did make an announcement this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. There was a, the truck made the appearance online, but they are doing a limited edition Metallica cans. In Canada only, though, right? Is it in the United States, too? Or? Duh, 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 duh. Yes. It's good. Well, I think initially it, it is, but I mean, who knows? Because that's what they're, they're doing. 100,000 cases, they're earmarked for Quebec and Canada only. But, I mean, I do think not that's not going to come down here. I can't see how that wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I'm just curious if I download a picture of a label, if Lars will come after me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say you drank it and then you didn't pay for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It was just an interesting thing because they have a they have a truck they unveiled too that has the big Metallica Budweiser. But aren't they? They don't drink anymore either. They all kind of squared off because of their. Well, that's what they say. What no, they do, true. what they say, are two different things. And also, I mean, they were they were Jaeger people. So I mean, uh, I think Budweiser is a little lighter than than drinking Jaeger. A little bit, yeah. But I don't know. But that, that's another one that that's uh, kind of getting interesting with everything going on. But the buyout was the the, the big focus this week because it's just that's something we've been talking about a lot on here. Actually, is all these different buyouts that have been happening, and now they're starting to go after each other. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to end. It, it's going to be something you just kind of get used to until the dust settles because it's still realistically like, yeah, we're in the thick of it. But these are real early days with these, this industry and where it's going. That there's nowhere to really know full on what's going to happen. Yeah, the uh, the the takeover ABM will be curious because there's a 30 day window because it's not United States ruling. It's it's a European market. I think is what's overseeing it. So they have 30 days to get it done. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it won't take long to figure out what's going on. 30 days to negotiate a 275 billion dollar deal. Yeah, I don't even know how they're going to look through all that. But yeah. we'll see where that one finds <laughs> falls into to place. A um, couple other things. We'll do a couple plugs for things going on. Uh, uh, one up front, like I'm going to be doing, I mentioned it last week, but I kind of have a little more details on it. I'm doing a talk this Thursday at the uh, Pittston Library. We're doing a thing about pumpkin beers, some history, discussing up to the current terms and making one. I'm going to try to make a pumpkin keg because we're getting into fall, so we're going to be a little, little crafty. Uh, that's going to be this Thursday, September 24th, 630 at the Pittston Library. Um, then we also have Billy with yeah, the Fall the, Fest going yeah, on in the backyard. 9th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. A little beer geek br- uh, brunch, Ooh. 11 to 2, so... Come down, get some uh, some, some fine brews. Uh, we'll, we'll have some. Uh, we'll be cracking some extra special stuff that uh, there's a lot of wink, George. wink, wink, nod, nods going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'll, I'll have to send it to you, Billy. I sent George. Uh, I think what we should put as a label for the the brunch. You'll you'll enjoy this one. All right, I'm down. <laughs> We're gonna Photoshop George's head onto a body, and you'll uh, everyone yeah. will enjoy. <laughs> And uh, also, October 22nd, uh, Hughestown Peculiar Culinary, we are doing another beer movie dinner. Uh, We're going to be showing uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's going to be a dinner with the dead. Uh, We're getting details of that's coming through. We're working on the menu. We're working on the beers. We're working on all the fun stuff for that. But that'll be an awesome one. It's right before Halloween, so it'll be a good time. And uh, let's get into some new beers. Uh, Anderson Valley, this is not a new one, but I wanted to mention this because it's such an awesome beer. But Anderson Valley, the Blood Orange Goza returns. Oh, I love that beer. Yeah, that that's like such a killer beer. And it's it's great for the, the winter, as just, or, uh, the fall into winter, just as a little change up from where you're going with the darker. That's like a really nice Goza with some Blood Oranges. I love going. that one. It's yeah. like, it's like, um, it's it's like so the mimosa sessionable. of the beer world. So yeah, it, truly. It's, it's so <laughs> sessionable and you can have beer it. Beer mosas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And uh, Lagunitas, they have their, their one-hitter series. They're always killing it with that one. They have their uh, Doppel Sticky. It's a, a double alt. Mm, so pretty much Doppelbach. But with a bunch of hops thrown yeah. in. Yeah. So I'd be into, I mean, curious. Their, their one-hitters are always really good, so I'm going to be into that one. And then uh, Sweetwater, they are releasing their Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. That's coming Ooh. on October 4th, which Ooh. that'll be killer. I mean, that's... That, that's really where a lot of people are going into those bourbon barrel things. But when it's done well, it's uh, phenomenal. Especially this time of the year. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, any time of the year, depending on some of us. But Man, it's even better than when you get to the wine. Days why. So uh, we're starting this off now. We said, you know, we're getting into everything with Anchor Brewing. Now, this is a brewery that has a very rich, rich history going back. I mean, they just celebrated this past August 50 years. So, I mean, they're, they are... Kind of one of those breweries that have just been there. Like you have walked into, I I wouldn't, I don't know how many states are distributed in, but I would say it's nearly all. And I know they're international, but I mean they they have a, a very loyal following, and they they kind of really came from the, the the whole story behind that is you know Fritz Maytag of the Maytag of those Maytags, <laughs> um, kind of was going to this bar when he was out in California. It was he really enjoyed what was to become Steam Beer for Anchor, and uh, finding out that the brewery was basically going under. And got everything together and was able to buy them out because, I mean, you know, when you have that, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
turned the whole thing around. Like he really got in there when I'm turning the whole thing around and he bought it for just a couple thousand dollars too, which is the crazy thing. Like that think about a good investment turnaround to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was just a couple thousand dollars able to buy it and turn this whole thing around. He was 27 at the time. I, I don't think I'd have, I don't think even now I have enough sense to be able to turn something like that around No, and then want to be, you know, making it what it is. And like from that, I mean, they want to really getting into the whole craft beer movement hinges on what that happened with that, like where that went, where that story went. There, um, I mean, it's one of those breweries that like a lot of people out there to kind of overlook it because it's so readily available. Yeah. You never even, you don't think about picking it up, but I mean, it's, they're on the Mount Rushmore, you know, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Oh, they definitely are. And then they, they, even the, the IPA, I mean, we don't have any today, their, their Liberty Ale, that really is the beer that when you kind of take a look back into to America, like how styles came, like that's the beer that, that really changed. I think the, there was even a brewer that even cited that, uh, that yeah. we just talked to recently that just said, hey, it, you know, oh, I yeah. remember it was like, yeah, it tasted Liberty. And then I'm like, how do I do this? And yeah, then I don't even remember. You know, I but it, it was just. I don't know, within the last month or so. Yeah, and, and the, it, it really is like one of those beers that just changed everything because at that time, and it's funny now, and uh, I have a quote from him later. I, I have to read it. There's a quote from Mark Carpenter, but, uh, from their brewmaster, but it basically was saying, like, you know, when we did that beer, that was too hoppy for everybody. And I, and I wish I could have taken into consideration, like, the inflation rate of, of hops. <laughs> hops yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. like, at that time, like, everyone, everybody was taking a sip of that, and it was just like, oh, my God, like, they couldn't. It was just too much for them. Now it's such a commonplace like flavor profile. It's it's I don't know what the IBU is, but I mean it's very low compared to what we have now. But at that time, like that beer is what came about and started making people want to have hoppier beers because it wasn't readily available at that point. So I mean they came along and changed that. They were one of the first American breweries to offer a barley wine, which yeah. got the all that kicked off and going and that's still a great their old foghorn is still a really great one. I have. love that beer. Yeah and some of that, that age for a little bit. I mean, they just really changed a lot of what we know in America as far as what craft beer was at that time to what it is now. And their steam beer, which is what we have now, is what really kicked it off for them. Um, it's it's an interesting style because, you know, it's California common steam beer. Uh, the story behind it, Matt knows one, I know another. <laughs> there, there's a couple different things about it, but, I mean, it... it it has an, an idea behind it of it's basically a lager brewed at ale temperature, so it's a little bit warmer, which causes a little more blow off, and supposedly you know that coming out is, reminded some people of steam, and they thought that's where it came from. Matt knows the other story behind that one, which I don't the know. Cool ships. It's basically when they back in the day when they, back 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 in the day because the brewery originally started in eighteen hundreds, I believe, yeah. and then when they were brewing the beer, they like let it cool on the roof of the building, and then you would see steam coming off of the roof of the building, and that's kind of one of the other stories where it comes from. I mean, basically, the the style comes from back in the old gold rush days. Like that's when it, yeah. it started to become popularized. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it, it is. It's, it's a smooth Americanized lager, but it's brewed a little bit higher, so it kind of dries it out a little bit more than you know the German counterparts that we're all used to. But it just it still has that really malty characteristic. I said four point nine percent, super sessionable. But I mean, it really is just what started everything for the brewery and got them where they are. And uh, you know, they started bottling it in the seventies. Now he. Bought the brewery in 65. They started bottling it in 71. So, I mean, they had a lot of, of ground to cover up. I mean, I'm sure those first couple years, it was just trying to figure out what the heck am I getting yeah. myself into? Because, I mean, you're buying out a business that's about to go under. That's not just like, oh, we'll just do this, this, and this. Here we go. Like, it was kind of probably going back through the books and figuring out, like, 
what did I just get myself into and trying to figure all that out. And finding the right people to hire because at yeah. that time it's not like everybody was clamoring to become a brewer. Mm-hmm. And he had no background website. in that business. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. It's like he's coming into this with just, you know, some business backing. I think he was, I believe he was going to Stanford. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so he really didn't have like a strong business background. It's like, yeah, his family did. But he was kind of getting into this and then he had no clue of a brewing background. It was just he liked this beer and it was sad to see it go. Which, yeah. I mean, that, that in and of itself just kind of shows that's what this brewery has built itself on. It was just total passion. It wasn't, it was no way a money grab. There was no money grab back then. Like now, you know, we see some uh, craft breweries coming about and you kind of question the, the, you know. The motives. Yeah. And like now, it, it's like back then when they were doing this, though, that wasn't an issue. There, there was no craft beer to get into. It was just a handful of breweries at that point in, in America. So he's getting into this, like, you know, blind. Well, and, they, and and just recently, I mean, they're 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 expanding. I think as we speak. Yeah. And before that expansion, they only produced uh, 180 thousand barrels, 180 thousand only. Yeah. But I mean, you think about a brewery that's been around that long that's available. Mm-hmm. Literally, any state, everywhere I've looked, I've always been able to get it. To have that kind of availability at that such a small scale, to put it this way, what is it? A Lagunitas, over half a million barrels they produce now, and it's just amazing to see a brewery that's been that, around that long to produce. I don't want to say that little, but. Before yeah. before expansion to have that. Well, that they had a bands. limited portfolio too for quite a number of years. Like they were really only you know like their porter, the Liberty Ale, the, the Steam, uh, the barley wine, and then the Christmas Ale, which is another one. We'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. But that's one of the my, that's oh, one yeah. of my most favorite labels. Of yeah, all and time. that's the other thing. Yeah, their yeah, labels are awesome, yeah. and that's like they've had the same artists from when they basically started, like doing their labels, which is a really cool thing to have that commonality between everything. And like you know, that's something like a lot of you know we take it for granted. But back then, like there was no craft breweries getting going. It was just your large breweries, and they basically only made a beer. The light beer really wasn't even around back at that point. Yeah. So it was just a beer. So there was no you know linking of different labels to different styles. And they were able to kind of hone that in, and, and they have this uniform labeling and everything. But yeah, it's different. It changes, and it's a really cool thing they have. But there was just so much that they came into that didn't exist at that point, and they had to find their way. And, I mean, thankfully, they laid the groundwork for where we're going now. Yeah, and that's what I said. I mean, you know, they're, they're on the Mount Rushmore, you know, as regardless of what you think of them as far as, like, they don't make these crazy over-the-top beers. Yeah. But, you know, without them the industry wouldn't be where it is today. You need a reliable brewery. And yep. No matter what, like, you, like, yeah, it's great to have these ones that were, you know, do limited releases every other weekend and they, you know, do different things, but it's awesome to have a good, reliable one that has been there for all of this. And uh, we got more to crack into, but for now, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, got some more great Anchor Brewing Company beer here on Beer Geeks Radio Hour. W-I-L-K. For most companies, internet speeds are a game of chance like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business, built for business. 
Offer ends September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Requires subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. Premium Midwest Beef is rolling their truck into the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Right now is your chance to buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Yeah, you heard right. 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Stock up your freezer for the entire season. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. And that's not all. There are incredible bulk deals on other premium steaks, seafood, gourmet boneless chicken, and mouth-watering pork. Just look for the big truck and the big tent in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Compare these deals to Omaha Steaks. Nobody in the Wyoming Valley can compete with these prices. Nobody. Don't miss your chance to fill your grill with premium Midwest beef in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Open from 10 a.m. until the truck is empty. Buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks or other incredible bulk deals on premium steak, seafood, chicken, or pork. It's the premium Midwest beef truck sale daily from 10 a.m. until the truck is empty only in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Meat and a lot of it. Today's GetMyPerks.com deal of the day is your excuse to get out of cooking tonight. Get two $10 vouchers to Conifles in Edwardsville for just $10. Conifles is a family-owned and operated restaurant serving homemade Polish and American cuisine. Conifles features fresh kielbasa, piggies, alushki, potato pancakes, crab cakes, clam chowder, and so much more. Conifles Restaurant, Main Street in Edwardsville, open daily at 11. And still available at GetMyPerks.com, grab a family fun pack that's four tickets to Yasonski Corn Maze for just $14. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. It's the 90s here in the studio. <laughs> we are back here on WLK with the Beer Geeks, and uh, we are taking a look at Anchor Brewing Company today. And uh, we started things off having some of their steam beer, the, the beer that really built the brewery. And uh, what we have now is a nice, it's a new beer, new-ish beer from them. Uh, it's actually a collaboration they did with Chris Robinson, the, well, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, which is uh, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, his new band, which I didn't, Billy and I were just talking, I didn't realize Black Crows were, were done done. Yeah, they're done. Nope. Well, there you go. Well, I, th- I think Chris Robinson has a uh, eccentric personality <laughs> to put it. Hey, one there way. you go. That's <laughs> the uh, G-rated that's, version. That's always <laughs> the nice way of putting. It. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a uh, quote unquote passionate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the other one I love to hear. It's like no, no, no. That means he's a jerk behind the scenes to I a didn't lot say of people. That. <laughs> oh, well, you could sue me. That's fine. You're not going to get anything. But, uh, <laughs> but no, this is their this is their new one. This is uh, it's called Brotherhood Steam Beer. Uh, basically, what it is is a dry dry hopped variation of their steam beer, uh, but it's beefed up a little bit more. It's five point six instead of four point nine, and what this has is it's some like you know pale caramel malts just like in the steam beer, uh, but it's dry hopped with Citra and Nelson Savine hops. Now Nelson Savine is like a really nice hop, and and Anchor is actually one of the breweries that kind of spearheaded using that hop in their Hummingbird Ale. 
that was the one that really brought that hop to the forefront. I mean, now it's kind of become a new darling hop. You know, as a lot of people move towards New Zealand and Australian hops, that one's kind of leading the way. It has some, like, subtle, like, white wine notes to it. It's a little grapey, um, but some really nice balancing of, of fruit flavors. If, if you're doing a comparison from this to the regular steam, it just got a little more fruit characteristics to it. Like, that's what it kind of comes through more. It doesn't, I mean, it's dry hopped, but it doesn't come across as, you know, any kind of IPA or anything along those lines. It just has a little more fruit notes to it that kind of melt into the, the, the caramel malts. I mean, it's not they're super easy drinking. It's available in cans. I think it's only canned, I believe. It's, it's one of their only canned beers um, that they only do in cans. Sorry, that they're getting more into canning as well, Anchor. Like, they have their lager. They're, they're another one. Like, a lot of the breweries are moving towards putting their beers in cans as it becomes more and more popular, and cans have gotten a lot better. Uh, you know, if we went back to, which I would love to see if anyone's ever going to do it, which I know someone has to. I, I think Budweiser was talking about doing the old, like, just as a nostalgia, bringing back the old pull tab. Because like, I know they're releasing like, old cans. I didn't see if they were doing it like that, because I would love to see a brewery bring that back just for nostalgia's sake. There's two of the greatest feelings in the whole world. Is a pull tab beer, and in an old phone, when you slam it down, it made that like ring that after you slam it. Yeah. Bring those two things back in my life, and I'm a happy man. Yeah, then you're satisfied hanging up instead of just like angrily pushing a just button. Slam it down and go, give me a pull tab. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see them bringing that back more. I'm sure they will. I mean, that's really what. Uh, especially larger businesses of any kind until you wind up getting into at some point the nostalgia factor, you know, oh, yeah. brought back. I mean, letting a cork and cage rip, too, is like, you know. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, it's even yeah, more yeah. fun if you're pointing at someone you don't like and just, you know, letting it rip. Sometimes they go flying right out of there. Well, I mean, if we've learned anything from Mad Men, it's nostalgia wins. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's a, true. The, from yeah. the show to the actually everything they try to sell in there, they try to dip into a nostalgia. That's how you sell things. Oh, so. yeah. You know, when you see all, I mean, like even with soda companies now, they brought back Surge. They're bringing, they bring them back. Uh, tab, but no, no, not. Tab never went away. Really? No, right? Tab never went away. No, I used to remember. I remember going to a couple of, like smaller grocery stores, and Tab was always there because I remember uh, just seeing. I always remember reading the label on it because that was one of the first ones that had to come out that put saccharin in it and had to put the label on it that hey, this causes cancer in lab rats. Just letting you know. Man. <laughs> Drink up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like all right. I, ju- I just want me some fifty fifty, man. Bring that back. Oh, remember the fifty fifty? Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. But Bur- they're all they're Burns. bringing back uh, Crystal Pepsi. That's another one that's going to be coming back. You've that's, got no smiles from us. Uh, really? It's, it. it's like crickets. You're like Crystal Pepsi. I had, that, that's one I have a nostalgia factor, You're going to bring too. back polio, too? <laughs> like. So we're comparing Crystal Pepsi and but uh, no, there's a lot of those, those things that that's where people are really gravitating towards, especially now, you know, the bulk of us... Minus minus one, I would say, had a good chunk of our, our uh, somewhat of our upbringing in the 90s. Like we were at some formative age in the 90s. And uh, that's where a lot of companies are moving towards is capitalizing on us. Mm-hmm. Because now we're getting to the point where it's like, I remember when. And, you know, oh, do you? Here you go. Buy it again. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nostalgia is great on someone who's in their 20s. But um, there's a thing called, what is it? Oh, disposable income. You yeah. kind of need that in order to make money as a business. So uh, I, I don't know. If, if you see in the beer stuff, I mean, there's a lot of people that definitely don't have disposable income that are going to town. <clears throat> <laughs> George is silent. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> putting on the spotlight here. <laughs> but no, like, we even saw, um, you know, Pennsylvania Brewery, Tired Hands, they came out with an ecto-cooler inspired beer and set the internet alight 
And they were sold out. I, I think it was like an hour at most. Yeah. I mean, they just went to, I mean, because everybody just loved the idea of that and went after that. And that's really what a lot of people are doing is just, you see all that 90s nostalgia stuff is really being capitalized on now in all different industries. For better or worse, I mean, part of me is kind of like, that's really cool to see that. And the other part's like, oh, now I'm, you know, now it's my turn. Even the bigger companies, I mean, you see Ballantine coming back. You've seen beers like that that are like, you know, just waiting for some Schlitz and oh, some, yeah. uh, what, Red Dog to come back, huh? <laughs> oh, Red, Red Dog. dog. <laughs> Zima. Now we're, Zima. Getting, now we're getting classy. We do have Zima. It's called uh, Not Your Father's Root Beer. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Zinger. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired in the studio. But, uh, no, that, that, it's just interesting to see, like, where a lot of this is going um, and where we're going now. Now, this is another great one. This is a newer one. Uh, as I say, like, Anchor is starting to really expand their portfolio and bring forth a lot of different things. And this is one that came out with two years ago. This is their California Lager. I know this was originally, they also do a really cool thing, and I've only had a handful of these over the years. Uh, they have a Zymaster series that they do that's a little bit more limited. They do small batches, but they're in bigger bottles. I, I don't think they're 32 ounce. They're, they're like a fat version of, of their Anchor one, but it's just like a really uh, nice series that they do to, to kind of experiment a little bit. And that's how this beer started, as in the Zymaster series. And it's just a really super easy drinking lager, another one, 4.9%. But what they were going for was kind of a throwback to the old style that they used to do in California. And uh, it basically uses only cluster hops, which is the, the premier hop at that time. Like They really went back historically to create this, like using only California barley, like all these things to go back and recreate a, a traditional from 1876 style California lager. So this is definitely like... A much lighter, easier drinking beer than you know some of the aggressive ones that we're into now. It's like a nice little time capsule, but really, it's light, fruity, super easy drinking. As I said, I mean that's one thing you can definitely say about anything with Anchor. Their beers are, are so crushable because they're just so easy drinking, so light, and they they're not known for being. I mean, other than their barley wine, like they're they're not really a super aggressive brewery with anything, which is an awesome thing to have all these different flavors and all this background going on within this brewery. Yeah, absolute chuggability, right, Billy? It is chuggable. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we have a we have a, someone on the line here. Let's, uh, let's see how this goes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> fingers, fingers and crossed. All right, so we have on the line uh, Fred from Einan. Fred, you have a question. Uh, packaging well, of depends, beer. It, it really depends on how you want it to go, right? <laughs> no. Isn't that let's true? See. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> cans are going to be the norm, you say? I don't think they're going to be the norm. They're becoming more prevalent. More prevalent because people don't care about how the beer is packaged. Uh, it's not. Uh, you know, if you if you go to if you go to Canada, you're still seeing thick brown glass returnable bottles, mm-hmm. which which, as you know, preserves the beer. Now, a metal a metal encased, you know, uh, a completely opaque package like a can is a great thing, except for the contact with the metal. So, if they can figure out a way around that. I think and, they have, Fred, actually. Yeah, that, that's that's what's really changed it is the lining in the can is, is drastically... The lining of the can has changed? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's actually a lot of uh, bigger beers. It's actually become a much better package because it's, even yeah, the brown... I, I only see people slugging down Budweiser and, and um, the Other. stuff from Colorado, 
from the guy who had a high-level security clearance back in the Reagan administration. I mean, what does a brewer need a high-level security clearance for? Well, you have to understand, oh. too, is that oh, like a case. lot a lot of the, uh, it's a lot of habit. People want to drink bottles because that's what they drank their whole oh, life. Oh, sure, sure. We, we, yeah, and, 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 and sometimes the convenience of things. No, I, I, I get all this stuff. So <clears throat> if they really wanted to get nostalgic, they would go back to the origin of cans which were bottle top cans, if you know what I'm talking about. The full pry-off, that's what you're talking about, correct? What, what you do or I don't, or you don't yeah, know it, what Sly Fox does that. Yeah, there's, that's what I was going to say. There's a, there are breweries, that, that is becoming a, a thing now. There's a lot of breweries that are coming back. It's the, the full pull-off, like the whole top comes right off, and it's basically... Well, no, no, well, it's, 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 a cone, it's a cone-shaped top that comes up like a, bo- like a bottle. Do you understand what I'm talking about? No, I know what you're talking about. I know the, the edge of the can. Yeah, so, I mean, looks if, they're, like, yep. if they're gonna go, if they're gonna go really nostalgic, that's the way to go. But well, I'm but sure someone no one's gonna do that because it's too expensive to produce. Well, so. of course. I mean, and that's an interesting take, Ron. We really appreciate the insight on it. But uh, you know. yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in, insofar as insofar as nostalgia is concerned, yeah, yeah. No, it's starting to become a big thing now. And there's more and more getting into. It. That's really what it is. But right. So, so let me let me ask a question now about the use of hops. Shoot. Um, basically, basically, when I used to drink beer, because I don't drink beer anymore, just because. Yeah, what are you listening to a beer show, Ron? I'm just kind of curious <laughs> about this one. Well, why not? Why not? Oh, I'm you just know. curious. I'm, uh, information is great. I'm just curious. As to one doesn't. One does, what? Well, you could listen to a wine show and then and then buy buy uh, wine as an investment, right? Which I'm not going to buy in beer as an investment, obviously. But it's quite the investment. Um, you should though. So the the use of hops. Well, rather overhopped beer. Yeah. Okay. When I used to drink beer, there wasn't, uh, with, with 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 the exception of a few um, wheat beers, there wasn't a European beer I met I never liked. I didn't like, rather, you know, uh, European beer. Well, obviously, you know, that's where it came from. Yeah. But the use of hops, and particularly overhopped beer. Um, hops, as you well know, with the exception of India Pale Ale, hops, as you well know, was there to preserve the beer somewhat and balance the sweetness of the malt, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So with overhop beer, um, it's my contention that the beer is horrible to begin with, and they overhop it, and, and people, you know, hop heads love this kind of thing, so... They'll drink practically anything. It's all subjectivity. So, that, so that's, that's that's a que- that's a question. That's not a statement. That's a question. Could, could could that be the the uh, the reason that so many so many beers are overhopped? Things that aren't called uh, IPA. I wouldn't say it's the reason so many are overhopped. I will say it is a reason some are overhopped. Uh, yeah, definitely that that is a way to kind of hide any off flavors, but it's not a reason that many do because you got to realize they're not just throwing a bunch of hops in because they've had an off day or something because that's a lot of money they're throwing into that. So they're not going to just throw, it's not free. So they're, well, they're throwing a bunch of money oh, of into course that. It's, of course it's not free, but um you know when you when you use when you're using when 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 you're using certain varieties of hops that were never used in beer before, um, or 
four in particular appears from Europe. So, you know, it's 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 it's, it's just a curious no, there's a lot going on within the crap beer industry that's really changing a lot of things. But, uh, Fred, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call. we got to finish up a couple of got to move and, on. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, though, sir. Yep. You enjoy your Sunday. You too. Bye. Cheers. Good times here on a Sunday. Uh, but, no, but yeah, that, that's it was good. I mean, there is a lot that, that people maybe don't understand fully with it and everything. Like, yeah, there is. Like we mentioned it on here before that sometimes throwing a beer into a barrel or throwing a bunch of ingredients into it is a way that you can maybe hide some less skill. That's what we say. Like when you go into a, a brewery, start out drinking a Pilsner or a Pale Ale, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about the brewery. Well, so I don't, I don't think people understand what they're tasting. And why why it's that way, you, you know? It's a it's it, it, it's also it's subject subjectivity and exposure. Some people just like what they like, and then that's what they've had, and that's what they've grown yeah. up with, and that's what they enjoy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's definitely. also people that I mean, want to explore. People, yeah, they're explore curious and, about it. And try yeah. everything different, and, and, and there's equally nothing wrong with that. So no, there's that, and there, there's a lot even within the double IPA as you get into it. Like, yeah, that is going to be kind of off putting to some people that maybe not into that. But well, we got two minutes. We got another. another this is a this is a phone frenzy yeah. day. So let, let's, day. let's grab this one. We got uh, Phil from Hanover is a question about hops. Phil, what is oh. your question, sir? Okay, I'm a vitamin supplement freak. Uh, <clears throat> hops, uh, same stuff they put in beer. Hops uh, actually helps you sleep at night. Yes. Uh, hops uh, reduces your blood pressure. Yes. Uh, and how about this one? Hops reduces your desire for alcohol. Here, here's let me let me throw this back at you, Phil. Here, here's some things about hops. Hops are very closely related to the marijuana family, so you have a lot. Of, yeah, you have a lot of similarities to that. And also, hops. There's two things. Uh, female and male process it differently. A male, it can actually act as an aphrodisiac in some, and in females, it always makes them tired. So if you go out on a date and you're both having hoppy beers, it could be a really horrible, horrible way to end the evening. <laughs> I'm not talking about hops in beer. I'm talking about hops in a capsule. But yeah. But I'm saying it's in beer too, so it's the same uh, principle. Your body's digesting it the same way. But no, I, I definitely the tops are in a lot of supplements for for sleep and all those great things. But I thank you for giving me a call, Phil. I appreciate that one, brother. Uh huh. Cheers. But uh, we are now up against a break, and uh, when we come back, we have some more beers to enjoy. Here on Beer Geeks Radio Hour, W-I-L-K. If your credit card debt is out of control, if you're in over your head dealing with monthly payments, there's a powerful secret that credit card companies don't want you to know. If you have more than $5,000 in credit card debt, you have the option to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. That's bad news for credit card companies, but it's great news for you. We're debt relief advocates, and we're offering you free information on how to virtually eliminate your credit card debt and make your monthly payment affordable. To see how much you could save, call now, 1-800-600-5002. Don't declare bankruptcy. Give us 10 minutes, and we could save you thousands. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. Debt Relief Advocates. Live better debt-free. Find out how easy it is by calling now. For the secret the credit card companies don't want you to know, call Debt Relief Advocates now and see how much money you could save for free. 
Call 1-800-600-5002. That's 1-800-600-5002. It's Dracula's Forest's 32nd year, and it's bringing the 2015 Halloween season to new heights with its newest haunt, The Walk of Doom. Experience a journey by foot through the center of evil as you walk along a path where creatures and undead beings await you. Think you can make it out alive? Dracula's Forest is open Friday and Saturday, September 18th and 19th, and 25th and 26th, and then every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in October including Halloween nights. Groups and birthday parties welcome. Visit DraculaSforest.com Caring for a loved one is a personal decision. Choose care that's personal You know, Renee, when we partnered to bring personal home health care to NEPA, I really think it was because of the attention to detail and can-do attitude you brought to the patients of my facilities. Thanks, Mike. That means a lot to hear. As a nurse and case manager at other companies, I kept meeting resistance to provide what patients, and just as importantly, their doctors wanted in a home health provider. I thought that we could provide a more personal level of care to those we serve, and that's exactly what we do at Personal Home Health Care every day. Don't compromise. Personalize the care your loved ones need to enjoy a better quality of life at home. Personal home health care. It's the personal detail that sets us apart. Visit us at personalhhc.com. Summer and golf are about to be things of the past. If you're like me, you haven't had your fair share of either. It's okay because good golf weather and Stonehenge Golf Incentives give you more reasons to play. Play the premier public course that boasts 6,600 yards and 71 chances at greatness. Drive a cart for 29 bucks weekdays and 39 bucks weekends. Golf Stonehenge. Call Stonehenge for tee times and details. 836-5108. Stonehenge. Country Club Feel. Public Deal. This is WILK. Powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) A little throwback. Black Crows here on WYOK. This is a good day. You know, we're having a good time. And uh, maybe we didn't have an interview today, but... We made up for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ron and... <laughs> so, we are now cracking into... This is from Anchor Brewing, Big Leaf Maple Autumn Red. Now, this is a really interesting one. This is another one, a newer one. They, they really... 2013 saw a huge influx of new beers coming through from the breweries. They said, like, you know, they're a legend brand. They've been around for a long time. But you saw that year that they really were aggressively going out and trying to come up with new beers and really killing it. And the one thing, too, that's interesting with Anchor Anchor, uh, you know, they have these new beers coming out. They don't do test batches. It's all or nothing. Like, they're in, which is a huge... I mean, one, that's saying a lot about the trust you have in your brewer that you're going to say, all right, this is the recipe you want to do. Make the whole beer. And, like, there's no small five-gallon. Then It's like, nope, no test batch. This is what you want to do. This is what we're going to do. That's trust in the brewer, and the brewer's trust in his own skills because that's going to be... That beer gets messed up. You know who's taking full blame for that oh, one. Oh, yeah. 
So it really shows a lot of commitment to that. And this is a, a 6%. Uh, it, it really is kind of uh, you know an amber ale kind of base, but it has notes of, of maple syrup coming through. And it was, uh, let's see, I want to get the hops accurate here. Now, there's three additions that Nelson Savine put into it. They said that that's a hop that they really love at the brewery. Then it was dry, or the hops were thrown in the kettle. You had Nelson Savine, Citra, and Cascade were used for dry hopping. So it has like a real nice hoppy background thrown in with this maple syrup. It just has like a real light body, but the maple syrup comes through and just adds a little bit of a sweetness to it. It is like a really nice fall beer, and it's a nice different fall beer. It's really fall for me. Like I get a ton of like this, this is like earthy dirtiness out of it. That's just like <laughs> dirty, uh, dirty in a good way. <laughs> yeah, and it just it, it, it tastes like I'm drinking fall. And that's exactly what they were going for. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's cool, too. You see their label, as I said. Like, the, the label for this is just like a really beautiful, like, fall leaf. Falls in line with the aesthetic they have with all the other uh, labels they have for the brewery. It's the same artist. They said, like, uh, his name is Jim Stitt. And he's been there since the 70s doing all their artwork, Damn. which is an awesome thing to have that going. And it's not, you know, someone sitting down at a computer designing a label. Like, no, this is a guy sitting hand sketching all these things. Like, you know, hand sketching each label. He's doing, he's doing <laughs> one and then they're packaging them. But, uh, you know, they're, they're doing all these awesome things and it's really cool to have that. And it's neat too. On the, on the top of all the bottles has a little bit of a story behind the beer. So as you're looking at it, you can kind of read a little bit more. I, I always appreciate when breweries do that. Like, I'm not a fan. Like, I can't stand when I get a beer and it's like, you got to hunt for the ABV. You have no idea what's going on. Like, just like something, like a little something on it that goes a long way to me. There's, there's a fine line, you know what I mean? This is nice, but then you have stone that writes like a, a, yeah, the, a, a, epic a book. novel yeah. on the back of, all, of their beers. Yeah. I think they do bombers just so they can fit more text on the back of them. It, it's definitely got to be a, a, a soul-freeing well, you know, exercise. I, to write I, I like it. It's like drink, read, contemplate. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's just, you know. I you mean, you can go into that route of just, uh, you know, it's you know, esoteric discussions on your bottle or just tell me what's going on in it. Whatever you want to do, there's something nice to be able to sit and read it while you're sitting there just kind of get a little understanding of either what the brewer intended because sometimes you'll, you'll read notes that they're saying because some of the bottles will say notes of, you know, whatever here. And sometimes you'll read it and you'll have that discussion with yourself in your head of like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not getting that or, oh, now and now I see just little things like that to kind of push you to dive into the beer a little bit more to just experience it fully instead of just slamming it down and being done with it. Yeah, and Anchor's labels are iconic. Like, oh, yeah. if you see them, it's not like you can confuse them with somebody else's. There's a couple breweries that are like that. And yeah. As a, as a certified label junkie, I'm definitely a big fan. Yeah, and they're, they as do. I said, their their Christmas ale is one of the ones, like, that is a very iconic yeah. label that changes every year. Like, that's, to me, like, the what really says a lot about the brewery is they have a Christmas ale they've been doing for all this time, and every year it's a different recipe. They, they alter it a little bit. And change the label. And I mean, they're not huge difference. Like you have a the similar style with different ingredients added on top of it, but it's just a really nice solid beer. And people have, and they, they come out with those Magnum bottles of it too, which is awesome. Yeah. And you see collections of those going back to like the first label unopened. People going all the way back like every year. That is a huge collector item to, to get those every year. And even the shape of their bottle too. Yeah. It's not even, it's kind of. Um uh, you know, more rounded, almost like a wine-like type bottle. You know, like a so. mini mini wine bottle. Mi yeah. So I mean, that's even attractive, uh, even attractive bottle. So 
the cure and uh, with the winter one, people do collect them and then they'll share them, age them, and drink them. Mm-hmm. Typically, not a beer you're going to want to sit no. on too far, but they actually don't. They age, age too nicely, badly. yeah, which is weird because they're very, five and change. Yeah, and they're not big beers at all. Like that's not what they're they're brewed to be. Like they, but they sit. I mean, I've seen people do tastings of those, like 15 years vertical of those things, and like big events that people will come to. And like, yeah, this, and it's interesting because they'll they'll say some of them, like some uh, vintage years are off versus others, and it'll be you know like 15 years ago, like that bottle having now, it's really good. 14 was good, 13 was off, 12 was good, 11 was off. And like, it's just weird. It just really depends on. I, I think I would assume what ingredients they used that year in that, because yeah, that's that's they the. Do. They do change it up slightly every yeah, year. Yeah, they change so. it up slightly every year. It's, it's not a, a huge jump, but it's just like little things that they do to kind of pique more interest in it every year because it's not you're not coming back. And like, yeah, some people like that coming back for the same, you know, seasonal every year, but it's just a nice little twist on it. It makes it themselves. And the, the label changes every year. It's a different tree put on. I think it's always a California tree. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn on that, but I, I believe it's there's some tie to it, but it's the same artist doing it all the time. And it's just like this really beautiful tree put on every year that, that really just celebrates the season. And it's just a really cool thing to see the Magnum bottle of it, too, which is how much? What is a Magnum? Three? Three, three liters? The yeah, three or three, three and a half? Three liter and change. I think 3.1 maybe okay. maybe or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, this really huge. And they're not like, super expensive either. That's the one thing that's cool. It's like some of those bottles, like some of the Magnums you see, they're a couple hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. And like, But theirs is actually fairly affordable. I want to say it's like 30 or 40. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a super expensive and usually bottle. usually we get a, a couple of those at the Ale House, you know, Christmas, and we put them in the bottle shop and they, they go, oh, yeah. you know. I get yeah, selling hotcakes. Just even seeing that for for some of them might be uh, I don't want to say uninitiated. It sounds pretentious, but some of them might not be you know paying attention to this kind of stuff. When they see a Magnum bottle, it's like oh wow, like I you don't see that in a yeah. lot of beers, and just stands out like almost kind of gimmicky. And it's like no, that actually is full of that beer as well. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not just a gimmick. You no, know, it's not like you're gonna go home and throw change in it. it. It really is like an actual beer bottle. They bottled that, and you can go home and empty the contents and enjoy them. And it's, it's smart marketing too because it's very hard to get a group of people together drink a magnum of beer so i mean with christmas time you know you're gonna be sharing beers with people you uh, care about and people you love so or people you want to escape from that's why you're drinking yeah. well the, <laughs> you do visit families um, <laughs> typically all right so we're we're cracking into our last one uh this is a new one from them just came out this past summer actually so this is like the newest one this is their double liberty ale now, the, as I said, the Liberty L came out in the 70s. Let me read the exact quote for you because this is what I was talking about with, uh, uh, from Burmaster Mark Carpenter. When people first tried our classic Liberty Ale in 1975, its strong hop flavor was a shock and delight to their palate. Liberty Ale truly broke the mold, starting a trend towards hoppy beers and continues today as beer fans increasingly enjoy hop forward IPAs. Forty years ago, Liberty Ale was the hoppiest beer in the market by far, which is not the case today. I like to make the joke that when we wrote the recipe, we should have built in an inflation factor for the hops. So that's really what they did with this is they went back, basically took the the recipe for the classic Liberty Ale, uh, which is a two-row pale malt and whole cone cascade hops. This is a whole cone, and they basically just kind of doubled it. And uh, the, it's got 90 IBUs, so it's a much bigger, uh, I don't know what the ABV, I want to see where I have that on, 8.2. So it's a little bigger. Uh, I think I don't know what the Liberty Ale is is definitely not that, um, but it's just a, a bigger verb. But it's it's fresh. The whole cone comes across a little. Liberty is five point nine. Um, the whole cone, like using that process, is a little different. It kind of comes across a little 
fainter in some because the, the oil compositions from the hops change as you pelletize. You, but it does have that little bit more oiliness to it, and then you get a little bit more earthiness to it. But no, it's, it's it's really easy to be drinking. Like, you don't notice that it's a higher ABV at all. It's got a real nice malt backbone. It's definitely not. No, Anchor is a West Coast brewery. This is not a West Coast IPA. Like a West Coast double IPA, I should say. That's not what this was intended to be. So, I mean, you might see where they're from, see double IPA, and think, oh, you know, melt the enamel off my teeth or whatever like people love to do with that, which that's a whole other thing we've talked about numerous times. Um, no, it's just like a really easy drinking, nice, and it's great to see them get into that because you kind of don't think of Anchor as getting into big imperial beers. Like, yeah, they have their barley wine, but they're definitely not known for doing these really big imperial type beers that and all the beers we just went through relatively small where they range anywhere from four mm-hmm. to six or something like that and uh this is a bump up would you say eight and change or eight, something? eight point two yeah <clears throat> and it doesn't seem i mean there is a bit more flavor impact there but it doesn't seem that much bigger so no no it's still just as easy drinking yeah, it's exceptionally smooth for yeah. 90 ibus it's 90 ibus but it's definitely not overly bitter like some of some double ipas like the bitter quality of that can just really you know, diminish, I think, almost from the experience of it because it's just too much. But this just has, like, just the right, right touches of it. And this is definitely one, you know, maybe if you're not, if you haven't really had IPAs, I wouldn't say it's, you know, a gateway one. It's got a little bit more to it. Um, but it's definitely on that gradual step as you're trying to get into, like, really hoppy beers. Like, it's that little medium point between, like, you've had a few IPAs, but you're not ready for this, like, soul-crushing, you know, <laughs> over, you know, overly bittered, hoppy IPA. This is a nice little medium transitional beer because you're getting that experience, but it's not too much. Like, you get it up front, but it's not hanging around too much at the back end, like, giving this, you know, really, really tough experience that some double IPAs can give you. But enjoyable, as is everything. That's why the anchor. I said, like it, we've said here before too, early in the show, that it's a brewery that is on a lot of shelves, and people kind of, and that's just the, the name of the market now because there's so many new breweries, there's so many new beers coming out. We tend to be blind to those things that we've seen on our shelves for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. For, I've never been there, but I've seen pictures, I've seen video. It looks beautiful. It's a oh, yeah. brewery I'd have love the, to visit. They have the copper kettles, too. I tell yeah. you, we even get into that. Like they, they have these beautiful, if you ever want to see what a beautiful brewery looks like, like, look up the inner workings at Anchor Brewery, and they have these beautiful copper kettles that are just painstakingly cared for, and that's you know that's not a cheap investment for no. for a brewery to have, like a copper kettle, and they, they have several of them in there, and they're so beautiful to see, even from like an artistic viewpoint, like even if you don't care what's going on in them, it's just like it has that industrial, that old beautiful industrial feel to them in that brewery. And they have like the copper kettles like built at um, like um, at, what was the word I'm looking for? For like um at height, so when you're filling it, yeah. you're at the yeah, actual you're top. At the you're not right, like yeah. climbing. You're not they climbing up a, a ladder and getting yeah. into it. It's like built in levels, and, and yeah. oh, it's so beautiful. It, it's just everything was thought through as they were doing this, and they they really continued on with this brewery. And it's great to see them. Even you know this this, this beer just came out this summer. Like they're still coming out with new ones. They have a great reputation. If there's one brewery that can kind of sit by a little bit and rest on their laurels, it'd be them. But they're not interested in doing that. You could see that now as they're going through this, like all these new beers that they're coming out with. And it's like their porter is still, I, I love their porter. Anchor porter is 
I don't know if you guys are fans yeah. of them as well because that that to me is like one of the that's best. That's one of my wife's favorites. Yeah, like that that is just a, a really solid American porter. And their Liberty Ale is another great one to go back to. And they have those, which is nice too to see them in the the bigger bottles. I don't know if they're thirty two ounces. It's the same that the Zymaster comes in. They have the bigger bottles. I think they're thirty two. I mean, they're four or five bucks. I mean, yeah. they're, they're super affordable, and they're, they're great go-to beers if you want to go out somewhere, if you want to go grab something for the night, you don't have a bunch of money, grab a bottle of that, and you're good to go. Like, they're not high in ABV, but it's just really affordable, super reliable, easy-drinking beer, and they're everywhere. That's the yeah. best thing, like, to, to have a great brewery be everywhere. It's one thing, you know, some of these smaller niche breweries, like we had Treehouse on, like, they're phenomenal incredible beers, like some of the best you'll ever have, but you're not going to be able to walk in anywhere and get them. Like you, yeah. you got to go on the hunt to get some of them, which, you know, is a good, it's a fun experience. George can attest to that one. <laughs> Definitely. It's like, <laughs> their life's mission. To get, you know, it's like, it's a fun thing to do, but like, you know, something that we don't all have time for, like some, you know, it's just, it's tough to, to work that in unless you really are seeking to do that out and you put the time aside to go and do it. But it's great when you could have reliable beers that are everywhere. And like a lot of the breweries we've had on here, it's, it's hit or miss. Like sometimes they're not readily available in a lot of places, even where they are. I mean, you know, we had like Carton, Kane, uh, Treehouse, like some of these breweries, like it's even tough to get them for the, the people that are the neighbors to the breweries <laughs> yeah. like, sometimes because it's just like they're really sought after and people go crazy for them. So it's nice when you have that, like no matter where you are, it's, it's like you can get it and it's reliable and it's the same thing. It's like a better version of fast food. Yes. It, it's, I'm not going to say it's good like, food fast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> fast casual. Yeah. And uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with um, with their uh, um, expansion. Like I said, mm-hmm. they're going, to, I think they're going from almost 2,000, 200,000 barrels to almost 700,000 barrels. Wow. And they're admitted to doing that. So I don't know if they're just going to ramp up production of what they have or if they have a lot of new beers in the shoot. We'll see. I, I'm sure they have a lot of new beers in the shoot. Just, just if there's anything to go by with the past couple of years. That's the other thing we didn't really even touch on. Fritz Maytag uh, sold off the company and left in 2010 and it's after they got bought out. Um, they, then I shouldn't say bought out, but after the, the new owners took over, like they're still you know separate. They're on their own. They're, they're a craft brewery. Um, but they really then started these new beers like their, their summer wheat, their winter wheat. Like all these new beers really started flying out of the gate. They had a Saison come out. All these new beers were, were flying out of the chute and like I don't see that slowing down at all for them anytime. And, it, and it's cool. Like I said, like, they don't do test batches. That's just totally on the brewmaster just knowing what he's doing. And you have 40 years experience there. You know what you're doing. You yeah. know what that equipment's possible to do. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there within that. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. But next week is going to be a fun one. Uh, we are doing a homebrew show. So we're going to have some, some homebrew here. Uh, I have uh, some beer I made. Hopefully it's carbonated in time. We're going to find out when I crack it open next week, and uh, hopefully I don't open it in here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that should be ready, and we have a couple other ones going to be bringing some homebrew in. So we're going to be talking to the brewmaster from Northern Brewer, actually, which would be a really interesting conversation to see how they formulate recipes for a lot of the, the kits for homebrewers to take home with them and everything. So there'll be a lot of good homebrew info. So if that's your bag or you know someone that's their bag, tell them to tune in. And uh, other than that, We will see you, or you'll hear us, next week. Cheers. 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 Cheers.